This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for October 15th, 2023.
Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy. It is an honor to have the opportunity to be together with you today, to worship with you today. It's also very fun to have walkout music like that. You all should try to walk out sometime after Michael Delphine plays the organ. It will change the way you live your life. It is a good thing. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. And I want to uh, say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Thank you for being with us for our live stream. If you'd like to get to know the church better, you can go to redeemer-cincy with a y.org, redeemer-cincy.org. You can click the About tab, learn more about us, and contact us so we can learn more about you and welcome you to this beloved community. I have a few announcements today, my friends. I'm going to try to get through them quickly. Um, so we'll see how we do with that. I want to remind you that we are in the midst of our 2024 annual giving fund campaign. Please uh, consider making that gift if you have not already. If you have any questions about a financial commitment to the life of this church, if you want to talk it through, uh, please let me know. I'm glad to have that conversation with you. But we are who we are because of you and because of your um, your presence and because of your contributions. You help make this church what it is. So I invite you, please, to participate uh, in this giving campaign uh, as, as soon as you can. You can do that online. I pledged by using the app just a couple weeks ago, um, or you can do it the old-fashioned way um, with sending in the card, whatever works best for you. Children and teens, um, actually everybody, we've got so much going on during our uh, uh, 10 o'clock hour. Um, we've, got, we've got things for every age group imaginable uh, during, the edu during the 10 o'clock hour. Um, children and teens are encouraged to go to that um, for their grade level groupings, and then adults, uh, we have our education series inside the Episcopal Mind, a class for the curious that begins immediately after this service over in the parlor. Um, if you are not interested in taking a class but would like to just stick around and get to know some folks, uh, I'll be in the, in the uh, uh, Great Hall for coffee hour. You can join me there um, and others will be there as well and you can just do some socializing um, if you're not ready to learn anything new today, you can do that. But either way, we've got you. We hope you'll stick around after the service and make some connections. It's so important for, for who we are. Next week, we begin a new three-part grief education series exploring the journey of grief hosted by Barb Stevens, Joyce Keeshan, and Becca Morehouse. Um, that's, wow, that's a, that's a lineup. All right, um, that's beginning on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. You can sign up on our Church of the Redeemer app or through our website. That's a three-part grief education series, and I hope that you will consider joining that. I'm very excited to tell you about a couple different things that are happening next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday, we will actually have a guest organist, um, a man named Mark Thalander, who played for the Crystal Cathedral for uh, almost 20 years, um, and who is a, a wonderful organist and tours around and plays. He's also a dear family friend of mine, so I'm actually really excited that he will be here with us. He will be here at the 9 and 11 o'clock services, and he'll be joining us um, on the organ, so you'll get to hear that. Then we will actually have our annual pumpkin carving after our banquet service next Sunday, so join us. If you come to the 9 as you are, you can go get some brunch and then come back in time for some pumpkin carving. Um, we'd be glad to have you for that. We'll gather in the cloister and great hall for activities and treats from noon to 1.30. Um, I want to encourage, um, at this time, all preschool and elementary school age children uh, to join Ms. Hannah in the chapel for Donuts and Jesus. Ms. Hannah's got the donuts in her hand. Jesus is hanging out in the chapel waiting for you there. This is an age-appropriate interactive worship for children, and they will return to the service in time for communion. So go meet Hannah now. One last thing. It is, um, and there's no real way, hmm, it's just a really uh, 
scary and difficult time with what's going on with our um, our people, our, uh, our siblings in the Middle East. Um, we do have deep connection to that area. Obviously, we do, but we do. There's an Anglican church um, in, uh, in Jerusalem. The Anglican Archbishop in Jerusalem has called upon congregations and institutions to, um, to make time on Tuesday to observe some kind of fasting and prayer um, and reconciliation and an end to war. Here at Redeemer, our worship space is in the oratory. They'll, they'll be open all day. But we will gather in the chapel at 6.15 on Tuesday for a prayer vigil uh, for, for the Middle East, for uh, Israel, for Palestine, uh, for all that's happening there. We will have a prayer vigil at 6.15 this Tuesday. I hope that you will join us for that. And if you are not able to, I hope that you will take some time out of your day on Tuesday and say some prayers um, uh, for our siblings there and, and for peace, of course. These are all the announcements that I plan to make today, so I invite you, please, to stand as you are able. We'll begin our worship together. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. 
love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. reading from the prophet Isaiah. O oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. Plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made a city a heap, as a fortified city a ruin, the palace of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a refuge to, to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorms, and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless is like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like heat in a dry place, you subdued the heat with a shade of clouds. The song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples, all peoples, a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, rich food filled with marrow of well-aged wines 
strange spirit, and he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all people, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord will wipe out away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. A reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Udia and urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, Help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement 
and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven, yeah, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, 
he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of our Lord. God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And in the great hall of that heavenly throne is the heavenly banquet, a wedding banquet serving lavish, endless quantities of food to honor the sun and inviting us to share in that abundance. Who would not show up for a feast like that? Whenever I read in the gospel about wedding feasts, it always reminds me of traditional Chinese wedding banquets. If you have never been to a Chinese wedding banquet at a Chinatown restaurant, I would like to suggest that one day you disguise yourself as Uncle Hori's second cousin and sneak in. <laughs> what you will get is our version of a heavenly feast, a 10-course dinner with birds, beginning with bird's nest soup and ending with Peking duck. Every single dish is symbolic of some promise for the couple of long life, good fortune, prosperity, strength, happiness. Those wedding banquets are the Chinese equivalent of Cinderella's ball. No one would miss out on those. And with an invitation list of four to 500 people and nobody checking the guest list, you probably could walk right in. Just like God's wedding feast, who would wanna miss that feast? Well, maybe it depends on the food and the people invited. Here's what Bridget of Ireland, one of our Celtic saints, wrote as her version of a great feast for the sun. She writes this, I should like a great lake of finest ale for the king of kings. I should like a table of the choicest food for the family of heaven. Let the ale be made from the fruits of faith and the food be for giving love. I should welcome the poor to my feast for they are God's children. I should welcome the sick to my feast, for they are God's joy. Let the poor sit with Jesus at the highest places, and the sick dance with the angels. 
Now there's a feast. You would go for the ale, of course, and you'd go for the food, because who can resist the food of forgiving love, I wonder? But even if the food were marvelous, would you go if you were placed among the poor and the sick and not treated as a host's special, deserving, worthy friend? Would you go as just one of the ordinary? So I think the parable about the wedding feast goes in two different directions. The nature of the feast and the refusals of people to attend. A feast put out by the king, whether it's Cinderella's king or the king of heaven. A feast would be an amazing event. What would be like, I wonder? What's the nature of the feast? But on the other hand, who would not want to be there? Why would anyone refuse? Jesus is always about the kingdom of heaven, of course, and that's where this feast really takes place, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus doesn't care a whit about Cinderella's king and the ball for his son. So what does God, the king of heaven, want to fill us up with, to feed us with? I think it would be a lot like Bridget's meal. The heavenly banquet in God's kingdom is a feast of love, mercy, forgiveness in quantities that never run out, kind of like an all-night soup kitchen with pots with all-you-want helpings of compassionate love, forgiveness, and a heaping portion of redemption for everyone who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Who would refuse? Why would anyone reject what that king is offering? Well, there are lots of reasons. Jesus' story says that people offered a whole bunch of excuses in our world outside that parable, in this world, I don't think you need any special research to know that that's true. People, have, people will turn down offers to forgive and be forgiven, to love and be loved for all sorts of reasons. It doesn't take a theology degree to know that the kingdom of God is not yet realized. The dream is not yet fulfilled, and the promise is ignored. You just need to look around you and see that God's offer of love and forgiveness is too often refused. And if you have attended the Sacred Ground series here or the anti-racism training, you would get a good sense of why some people might reject God and God's inclusive love for all people. But the invitation still goes out. God's gift of abundant life is still out there on the table for everyone who wants to be a guest at God's table as Matthew put it, good or bad. God's world is a world of abundance. In Moses' time, God gave to the Israelites the promise of abundance against the nightmare of Pharaoh's world of scarcity. Abundance, scarcity. The people wandered for 40 years following that promise of abundance. Today, in many ways, we still live in Pharaoh's nightmare of scarcity. We live our lives on the assumption that there's not enough to go around, not enough time, not enough jobs, not enough respect, not enough land. It's a zero-sum world. I win, you lose. You win, I lose. On the one hand, for some people, the prospect of losing, of being disrespected, of losing their status in society is unbearably threatening to their very being. On the other hand, for those who have already lost, who are oppressed, who are dispossessed, they can't see the way to abundance except by fighting for it. People who are threatened 
to feel like they need to defend themselves against their own extinction. So there's fear, there's anger, there's resentment, hatred, and violence. Jesus knew about violence, of course. The Prince of Peace lived and preached his lessons in a violent world, in many ways, a lot like ours today. Then, mobs went around crucifying people they didn't like. Our mobs went around lynching people we didn't like. Then, berserk leaders and people killed each other with stones and swords. We have AR-15s and high-mobility artillery rocket systems. But then, Jesus, surrounded by a violent world, Jesus promises, promises a new reality, the reality of the kingdom of God, a new and unseen reality that recognizes and embraces God's values. Even in his violent times, Jesus promises the good news of salvation for all people, including the ones who would soon crucify him. As he lived and taught, Jesus showed us a gospel reality in his life and his teaching, the gospel reality, a reality that is different from the reality that you see right in front of you. It's a gospel reality. It's a reality of truth and forgiveness and reconciliation and justice and love all in abundance. God's new reality of abundant life may feel threatening to some people or communities if they have gotten used to the old reality of scarcity and loss and if they actually benefit from that reality and they can't see their place in the reality of inclusion and sharing. So then as bearers of the good news of God in Christ, we have a job to do. As Christians, we are called to bear God's hope for the world in a hurting and, re and broken world. God asks us to witness to the abundance of God and then, not just witness, but to go out and to share that abundance, to hear the good news and then to share the good news. We are to be active participants in God's world, active participants and not just couch potatoes of God's salvation. We don't do thoughts and prayers around here. In our prayers, we ask not for God to fix our world, we ask for God to give us the courage and the heart and the mind for us to fix the world. Throughout our faith, history, and our tradition, it's always been like that. There is nothing in the Bible about the holy work of the couch potato. I promise you that. Here at Redeemer, I don't see a lot of couch potatoes. This is not a couch potato church. You are working to move towards this beloved community of God to the gospel reality, yet unseen, but out there. You're doing that as you work to dismantle racism in your culture, in your community, to care for God's creation. You're doing that, working to move towards God's reality, to tell the truth, about our churches and race. You are doing that when you, when you try to get to that beloved community, try to get to an inclusive community here at Redeemer. The end is God's reality, of course, which is real right now. It's out there. But like a wedding feast behind doors, 
that we lock ourselves out of, it may be just beyond our reach. It needs us to help open those doors. Today, Ohio congregations, part of the Ohio Council of Churches, will all publicly declare racism to be a sin as part of Anti-Racism Sunday today here in Ohio, making clear that racism is antithetical to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Antithetical. Today is also the end of a long and unbearably brutal week of war and violence in Israel and Gaza. Thousands and thousands of families on both sides are undergoing massive suffering and grief, fear, and danger. In the midst of all these troubles, we cannot lose the hope. We need always to keep the vision of God in front of us. Keeping God in front of us with God's promise of life over the grief of death, with life over the fear of loss, keeping God in front of us gives us the courage to refuse to accept racism and refuse to accept violence and hatred as the normal for our society and our world. We cannot accept that as normal as the way things are. Instead, in holy defiance and in defiant hope, we can stand and advocate for God's beloved community as the true new normal. Even in the midst of such troubling and scary times, God's wedding banquet is still out there waiting for us. But it's no fairy tale ball, and it's not even the Chinese feast. It is the wedding feast of the Lord, for it is more than okay to eat and run. Because as we say, run in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. 
We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, from from heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. With all our hearts and minds, let us pray to God, responding, God of love, hear our prayer. We pray that your love find a way to heal our wounded world and guide our nation and leaders to a path of justice and peace. Help us to know Jesus and grow in love. United in relationships of holy connection and communion, we share a heart with those who feel separated or cast out for any reason. Help us reach out in love. We pray for this beloved community in the spirit growing in all people. Help us to make it safe for all to live with integrity and for all to live in peace. Inspiring us through our church, through scripture, through the word made flesh in Jesus, through the sacraments, help us to deepen our relationship with you. We pray for the people and pieces, places that long for relief from suffering. Betsy Berry, John and Donna Morabito, Ryan Patel, Paul Rogers, Nathan and Deaver, Lynn Zajac, Presiding Bishop Michael Curry, and Elvia Varela. For all those who are struggling with mental health concerns, for those around the world affected by disasters, especially the victims of the earthquake in Afghanistan, for those around the world affected by war and conflict, especially the people of Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, and the Sudan. For victims of mass shootings throughout the past week in Washington, D.C., Florence, South Carolina, Reno, Nevada, Inglewood, California, Chicago, Illinois, Gonzales, Louisiana, Indiana, 
Pennsylvania, Chicago, Illinois, Madison, Wisconsin, and those we all name silently or aloud. God, remind us that we are not alone. We give thanks for all the moments of grace that sustain us, for those we now name silently or aloud, especially for the birth of Bodie Edwards Schultness, son of Andrew and Kelsey, brother of Ava, grandson of Liz and Bill Schultz. Your love and grace abound. Give us eyes to see your goodness in the world around us. We pray for those who have died, especially Christy Graff, and for those we now name silently or aloud. Comfort those who grieve. As identified by the Ohio Council of Churches on this Anti-Racism Sunday, awaken us to the truth that racism is ever-present, deeply rooted in American culture, profoundly damaging to our communities. Help us comfort, confront racism, speak truth to ourselves, our communities and institutions, and stand against injustice and transform the hearts and minds and behaviors of all people and structures that shape society. We ask for this in Jesus' name. God of love, send us into the world rooted and grounded in love to serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, you have made us one with your saints in heaven and on earth. Grant that in our earthly pilgrimage, we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, in whom all our intercessions are acceptable through the Spirit, and who lives and reigns forever and ever. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbors. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. I invite you to stand as you are able. My friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you.
Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. When he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death resurrection and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in Him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. Gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
invite you all please to stand as we commission our Eucharistic visitor. Mark, in the name of God and on behalf of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one cup. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and the love of God and of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you always. Amen.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.